0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, What's up? This is a Tuesday feels with Ricardo Sturdivant live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network this morning. So if you guys are joining in from Facebook or YouTube or even listening to the podcast, um, just let us know that these streams are working. If you're listening, this is probably in the future, so don't let us know. But um, this is Guy Acheson's Reinventing the Tattoo Community on YouTube. You can set up event reminders for all these upcoming events that are happening almost every single day. Jason is on today, where he leads skill building Sundays on at 1 p.m. Um, on the Reinventing Tattoo YouTube. Um, if you guys haven't tuned in yet, there's a lot of different things. All skill levels are welcome. So he's here today if you guys have any questions about that. Also, James Wisdoms likes to pop in as well. On Monday mornings, he does his drawing for tattooers, which is like a college-level drawing class that we're really, really happy to have James um, lead. So that's 9 a.m. You can set up the reminder, like I said, on the YouTube channel. Um, if you're looking for weekly uh, updates and stuff like that, Jake Meeks, myself, and Gabe Ripley lead the Tattoo Weekly at 11 a.m. on Mondays. Later in the evening is Robbie Rapol's Feelings with uh, Dustin, and those are great. A lot of different rabbit holes, but for your mental space, it's a great place to be. Um, and then Monday evenings is the Reinventing Evolution that was led last night by Kyle. Uh, we're really excited to talk with him. That was his first lead class. Other teachers have been Sandy, uh, Ricardo, all sorts of stuff. So if you guys want to talk about that today, just let us know in the comments. Other than that, if you um, are interested in joining in these live streams, it's incredibly easy to do. You just go to reinventingthetattoo.com and scroll down to our calendar. Click the Zoom link and you're in. If you'd like to do that today and you have any questions, just let us know in the chat and we'll help you through that. Um, anything else, uh, if you guys would like to check out Tattoo Now, they've got a lot of really cool new software that Gabe has been working on. Gabe has been um, a pioneer in tattoo technology for decades, so TattooNow.com, definitely check it out. Other than that, I think we'll go ahead and hop in. Um, for that, we want to say thank you to Guy Aitchison for all the work he's done. He's the behind behind uh, Reinventing the Tattoo. You can find his biomech encyclopedia, machines, paintings, courses, and more on his website at GuyAitchison.com. All right, let's uh, go ahead and bring everybody in um, for Tuesday Feelings, let's pick it up. Welcome, welcome, Ricardo. Welcome. Got you taken care of that echo panic is real. Um, so we have Amber, Medusa, Jason, Ricardo. Ricardo, how's it going today? <clears throat> Good to see you here.
1: Okay, it's going much better now. Can you hear me?
0: Sure can. I can.
1: Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, Sorry about, sorry about that echo guys.
2: So, it's like, happening all over Zoom. I had a Zoom meeting yesterday that it happened on.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's crazy. It it's, s- that, it's, it's Skynet taking over, I'm pretty sure of it.
3: Yeah. I thought it was a sick remix.
1: <laughs> <laughs> DJ Ricky. What
0: you, what you, <laughs> I thought went, I might be having a flashback when it happened. Oh, man. What, what have like been, been up to time? the last week, though, besides Zoom panic?
1: what What have I been up to?
0: yeah besides zoom panic
1: oh zoom panic kind of takes over and I gotta clear my brain for a second before I realize what it is that I have been doing um I've been working on a lot of big projects and stuff lately uh so that's been keeping me pretty busy um I was recently fortunate enough to post a um a drawing that I did and ask anybody if they wanted to buy it and I was so stoked that I had somebody that wanted to buy it for me Um, she's actually bought a couple other pictures from me and stuff like that too so that always makes me feel pretty good that people want to pay a price for something that I've drawn for myself you know what I mean it's like uh the non-tattoo client you know what I mean so they just want to collect art so it's pretty radical um uh, yeah it's pretty what's that
2: I love that I love one of you get to sell something that you put your heart into rather than somebody commissioned you to do
1: yeah yeah me too um it, it made me feel it makes me feel pretty good you know because like i think as artists we all have these like moments of like am i doing things the right way am i am i good enough what are we going what do we got going on here you know what i mean um but uh yeah how about you guys what are you all have been up to
0: well, I was at, um, I got to see Derb do his Red Tree uh, Longevity of the Tattoo Artist the other night. That was really cool because it was live, first of all, but mm-hmm. it was a recorded seminar that he had done before. Um, but it was really neat to hear everybody's opinions. It was a really, um, oops, I'm spotlighted. Okay. Thanks, Jason. I wasn't spotlighted on YouTube, but um, it was a really cool thing. So if you guys did miss that, I can link in the chat uh, or you can go to our channel longevity of the tattoo artist because he had live q a after um and he also said if you guys have any questions on that content that's out there in the world now you can always send him an email with further questions and i know ricardo i was thinking of you and um gosh i can't remember his name the your guest that you had on two different episodes of the fitness coach coach oh, uh, zach. zach Zach Turner mm-hmm. sure yeah. What a great guy. We, I was talking to Derb a little bit about that, about some of the breathing techniques he was talking about and such, but he may find interest in that seminar as well.
1: Okay, cool. He I'll would. make sure I'm sending the link and see what he thinks. Yeah. It's right up the same alley. You know what I mean? Like what I did catch and stuff like that. It, I was, I was hearing Zach as well. You know what I mean? Like he's told me so many different times about like, you know, posture, you know what I mean? Um, breathing, eating, you know what I mean? Stretching, things like that. And like even going to the gym, sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you're trying to go a little bit harder or put a little bit more push behind it and he's like whoa 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 you're a tattoo artist man you need those hands you need those wrists and stuff like that you know what i mean so it's pretty cool
0: i remember but, one of the questions he said what is um the the greatest thing you can do basically to help improve yourself and it was the strength having yep. with being a strong you know
1: mm-hmm. a lot of, of <laughs> what's that
3: what I was gonna I say, say strengthen your back. Oh shit! Sorry. Ha
1: <laughs> Zoom craziness. See.
3: Wait, no, I have.
1: It's on your oh. iPad, I think.
2: It sounds so cool.
1: <clears throat> whoa, 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 whoa! Now that that is true, like we we did talk about that strength and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a positive mind. It definitely for me. Um it's humbling and it's uh, motivating at the same time. You know what I mean? Like you, you put a certain amount of weight on whatever it is that you're doing. It can definitely kick you back in in your place and be like, well, that's a little bit too much. You know what I mean? And then some days you pull it up and it's, you can't believe that it gave you that much of a problem to begin with. So that's just the mindset part of it. The other part of it is that confidence that it builds in inside of yourself when you're standing up straight, you know what I mean? And you feel, you feel strong, you know, it's pretty cool. I dig it for sure. And it definitely helps with like core strength and stuff like that too. Whenever you're sitting there for long periods of time and stuff like that, like keeping your lower back straight, shoulders up. It's pretty incredible.
4: FYI, Um, little life hack here. As far as you had just mentioned, like the confidence that you get from standing up straight and like that straight back, which psychologically also has an impact, but there's one little life hack there as well. Mm-hmm. For people that find themselves like in a really high pressure or very intense situation, sometimes you need that extra little boost. Um, and it was something that certain people had tried to debunk, but it actually does work. And that's do the superhero pose and hold it for like two solid minutes.
1: Yeah. And, like, it
4: does give you that boost of confidence. It does. Maybe it's all psychological, but it, it will have an impact on how confident you are that day.
1: Yeah. I do. I do agree. I, I've heard that study before and they, they've talked. I can't remember who it was that I saw that was talking about that superhero pose, but it's definitely, um, you know, Can we mind them. Yeah. Let's see the superhero pose. There you go. Wow. There you go. Look at that.
4: And holding. And holding. <laughs> still holding
0: it looks like Ricardo every day he wakes up
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right I
0: actually
1: sleep like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> right before he goes on his 4.30 a.m. Well, let, let me ask you guys one two three four four tattooers in here right now what would you rate your attention to your body over your attention to your art what do you think
1: outweighs more? Uh, at this point in time in my life, um, Not that just
0: outweigh, but both be attended.
1: I think for me at this point in my life, I realized that, um, paying attention to my body and what I feed it and what I do with it in the mornings or the afternoons and things like that. It definitely, it takes precedence over my artwork and stuff like that, because without it, I don't think I get in the right mindset to be able to like, go from one to the other you know like drawing is like a light switch you know what I mean you sit down with the creativity part and you kind of switch your brain off into a mode you know what I mean for me I'm inside this capsule so the more I take care of it the more the, the healthier I am with it the better my mind feels for sure so it's like a step it's like a process you know first the body then the mind you know
0: what about you Medusa I um I
3: think that that's a really twick twicky question. I think that's a really tricky question because I pay attention to my body all the time. I am constantly complaining about it. However, um, (laughs) that doesn't mean I'm doing anything about it. So. Are you asking,
0: are we doing anything to better our bodies well, well, or are we just you're paying attention? And you're attending conferences and you're really exercising your artistic capabilities because you know that exercising them increases their strength and such. But do you do give yourself and your body the same attention that you do with your artwork?
3: No, I just complain about it.
0: I mean, you do eat well <laughs> and you're not just about what you put in, You know, which is also incredibly important.
3: Yeah. Mostly I do have habits like every morning, it's a protein shake. Sure. Um, um, I think that I am in the place where I'm starting to pay more attention to treating my body better, um, like starting to prioritize booking massages mm-hmm. and Thai massage and stretching more than I used to. Um, And that thing that Derp did uh, definitely uh, reinvigorated my desire to treat my body much better now. I think that I'm still paying more attention to my art overall, but it's
0: changing. What about you, Amber? Um, Over the
2: past year, I started really paying attention more to how I treat my body. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, I worked myself into the ground physically. I just, I worked seven days a week. I worked three jobs. I on the books, jobs, and then I tattooed on my days off. So okay. I was grinding really hard and not really watching what I ate either. I was just eating what was quick. And so over the past year, I've really
0: tried to change how I eat and exercise more. And how do you feel in the last year compared to before? Well, with that and therapy for my head,
2: I feel a lot better than I did before. And I think part of the fact that I wasn't treating my body very well is because I was working so hard and so burnt out, I was depressed.
1: There you go. That's exactly it. That. That's that's a valid, really valid point that you brought up. And first of all, Lauren, thank you for asking these like, really pertinent questions man because I, I that's exactly it right there like that's what it is that keeps you that kind of stuff at bay we all have to deal yeah. with it you know what i mean but like it definitely helps temper those kind of moments that we have you know what i mean like it, you can be stressed out and go for a run and it automatically just boom like it'll just trigger something inside you i agree with you completely it's something that you well, recognize i think it was a deal of, i'm i'm sorry
0: how are those triggers related the trigger you get from exercise and the trigger you get from art they seem to be kind of derived from a similar place i
1: don't know i think maybe it's maybe it has to do with endorphins
0: create the
1: you
2: know? same endorphins in the brain
1: yeah endorphins and um yeah um i'm forgetting the other chemical serotonin the serotonin mm, in your right too yeah serotonin I mean, that's, that's, delicious yeah.
3: serotonin delicious serotonin just put it in my <laughs> veins <laughs> give me more serotonin please it's my mm-hmm. turn
2: please brain make this stuff
1: yeah seriously hey guys while we're talking i'm gonna sc- i'm gonna share the screen if that's cool with you guys
3: never How Never. dare you wow, never no. do that. Yeah.
0: good morning to kyle olson watching from youtube thank good you morning, hi. Kyle. Free to join hi, in Hi, kylo hi kylo nice
1: Kylo Olsen.
3: Kylo Olsen.
1: Kylo Olsen. I like that. All right. So let's see how I like giving
3: people nicknames. I really do. Nicknames that don't stick, but only I'll call them that nobody else understands that don't make any sense. Hell yeah. Like Red card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Red Cardo. Oh my
1: God. You guys don't do it.
0: <laughs>
1: Ricardo. yeah thanks uh cool i'm glad to dig it uh speaking to kyle bernstein last night when we were doing the class he,
2: oh nice
1: he brought up the um this the subject matter is uh robots and color you know what i mean and i i found myself sitting there last night with the drawing i think a lot of us were trying to figure out what we're gonna do with these robots and stuff like that and like what we're gonna do with color and everything uh, I, it made me start thinking a lot about intention, like whenever you're sitting down with a drawing and like you're not sure where you're going to go. A lot of it has to do with that set intention, I think, for me is uh, what what where do you start? You know, um, so sometimes for me, what I like to do is just replicate what I see, you know what I mean? And do things that are fun for me, too, like just something that I'm going to keep for myself. I'm not going to try to go and sell this or anything like that. I'm just going to study it. You know, so like I I was thinking about the color and things like that, and I love all the stuff from Rogue One, um, and I love Star Wars nerdy stuff like that. So I figured that I would just kind of show this drawing process. You know what I mean? Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. How about you guys? What do you guys do whenever you get kind of blocks? You guys work with. Uh, do you guys have any techniques or tricks that you do whenever you feel blocks and like a, a drawing or anything like that? Is there anything Work in that a you're different doing... medium. Work in a different medium. Okay. That's yeah. A good take something that you've done a thousand times, doing it,
4: do it in a different way. And you would be surprised at how motivating it is.
1: Oh yeah. That's a good point, Jason.
3: Well, I have recently started just taking popular flash designs and flash concepts and just redrawing them almost exactly and then just twitching them up until suddenly I have an idea of my own to draw something completely different on a different piece of paper. Exactly it. Just I mean, copying other art can be yeah. a hand exercise that triggers creativity, I think. That's
1: a good point. And it kind of coincides with what we're talking about earlier with like physical activity versus like uh, being immobile. Um, I think with drawing, you are stimulating your brain, you're stimulating your hand-eye coordination, things like that to kind of move around, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm stuck and I don't know what it is that I'm going to draw or how I'm going to draw it, I definitely feel frozen. You know what I mean? there's like that moment of uh, uh, crap. I'm just staring at a white piece of paper.
2: And then you kind
1: of panic. Yeah, there's a moment of panic for sure. There's a slight moment of panic for sure. Exactly.
3: It's that feeling where like a blank canvas is a threat yeah. to, your avail- <laughs> to your ability to be an artist. <clears throat> uh-huh. You know, almost like it's staring at you and mocking you for not having covered it yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I find blank walls and blank canvases offensive to my artistic eye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're offensive. I hate you. Mm. What did you say? I yeah, will say this:
4: my the walls in my house have very little art on it. Believe it or not, and there's a reason why. You collect so much art.
3: Where are you putting it?
4: Uh, I have a few different piles going. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, but I, I, I notice like, that. To, I like yeah. the sterility. I like to be able to come home and not have any kind of visual um, distraction because all day long when I'm at the studio, I'm surrounded by artwork and colors and lines and shapes and different paintings and different forms of art. And sometimes when I get home, I just need to clear my mind and I need to take like a visual breather. So I like having blank open wall space at my house so that I can just sit and look at nothingness, right? And that kind of gives me a little bit of a visual breather. But like the studio I work at is like wall to wall, floor to ceiling artwork everywhere. Um, And artwork by all different people done in all different styles. We've got a couple of Galliages and prints hanging up. We've got some Teresa Sharp prints hanging up. Uh, we've got all different types of stuff by all different types of people. So there's always something visually interesting to look at, right? But because of that, I almost feel like I get visually overstimulated sometimes. So I like having just like a blank spot to look at that provides me just calm.
3: Okay, so that actually brings up, um, that makes more sense to me. A few years ago, I interviewed... Uh, to uh, move into a house, you know, Craigslist uh, roommate situation. And the guy that I was talking with uh, to become his potential roommate was a tattoo artist. And so we were talking about tattoos and art and stuff. But I remember hanging out uh, in his living room and talking with him and he had nothing on the walls. His entire house was almost morbidly blank (laughs) for someone who like has a substantial career as an artist like every room was blank the furniture was very minimal there wasn't like even trinkets or family photos it was weirdly blank so I was just like Okay, so maybe he hasn't lived here that long. Turns out he's lived there for, like, over a decade. He just doesn't like decorations and stuff. And, I mean, it didn't work out probably for the better because I think I would have freaked out if I had lived in such a sterile, hospital-grade, blank, white environment. Yeah, But that makes sense now that you mention it like that because I actually have been to this artist tattoo shop before where I actually did end up moving was just a couple blocks away from his tattoo shop um coincidentally so I remember stopping by and seeing it and yeah at his shop there's just every inch is covered with traditional flash arts like uh Not statues, but, you know, like sculptures, um, everything you can think of that's some sort of artistic thing. There's some audit cabinets full of oddities and sticker machines and all of that. So now that you explain it that way, I finally understand why that one guy six years ago that was an artist had a house like that. So uh-huh. thank you for explaining because for years I have thought that guy was so weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I just, like, just having dreams of it, like so blank.
2: Yes, like <laughs> how are you, like
3: so blank.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh my god, it would drive me insane. But I have attention deficit. In order for me to focus, there has to be chaos around me. Uh. There's gotta be like that white noise. When I used to work with special needs kids, whenever we had an in service day and I had to sit there in a seminar and pay attention. Yeah. I had to be drawing something in my notebook.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was my, that was school for me entirely. Or anytime I'm anywhere business oriented or like, Man, I remember I've I've had to deal with lawyers several times in my life and uh, that's never any fun that I'd be sitting there in their office, they'd be explaining to me what's gonna happen in court. Uh, and I'd just be sitting there doodling cause I couldn't and sit still. You they think
2: you're not paying attention, but it's the only way you can pay attention.
1: Well, sometimes I was.
2: If your hands are doing <laughs> something.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna try really hard not to ask why. But uh, because <laughs> I'm always curious, um, but I forgot. What what did you do before you were a tattooist? Ricardo.
1: Me? Yeah. Just all kinds of odd jobs. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've done everything. I worked in a, let's see, I was a tack welder for our, uh, like, um railroad cars you know what i mean like we put together road railroad cars and i would have to i can't even say it railroad cars <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i did that for a while uh where i just sit up on the top and i was tack welding like the catwalks and stuff like that that you see on some of those like gray cars that pass by on the trains and stuff like that like uh storage and and seed and stuff like that um let's see i've done everything i was uh i worked at a uh, data entry place you know what i mean the last job I worked at was at a data entry place and I was so bored there. I would always draw on the back of these, like these uh, sheets that we had to turn in for all the information that we put into the, into the system, which was weird. Cause like you'd entered everything into a computer, but you still had to write everything down on a piece of paper. It's like, what the hell am I doing here? But <laughs> backups it was so, for your
2: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And it was boring and I hated it. And I would always do Aww. like I don't know how the hell I did it, but I was do I would do more work than most of the people that I worked with. And I would turn on these sheets with all these drawings and stuff all over it. And they're like, How what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, man. This is a boring job, you know. I was never I was never um, very quiet about how easy jobs were like that like how boring they were because they were just boring you know what i mean like straight up just told them
3: you're like this job sucks
1: yeah i was like pretty much like this job sucks dude like give me something better to do please you know what i mean so i don't know that was the last job i did i i I pretty much went home for a lunch break and i remember sitting there and just saying i'm not doing this i would already started playing around with tattooing and stuff like that i was talking to a tattoo artist showing me some of the things that he knew and uh giving me stuff to work with and everything like that like equipment to work with and i finally just decided one day i was like i'm done i'm I'm never i'm never going back again and i just gave it all up and just went for it you know so
3: like um, bare bones cold turkey you just quit and we're all like i either have to make it or i have no way to pay rent
1: pretty much that's pretty much that is
3: fucking ballsy bold of you but Also, a very good idea. You're already incredibly talented.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's where that's where we were. You know what I mean? And I, I, I hated. I never felt. I felt like I was always lost. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Always, that makes I perfect always, sense.
1: Yeah, I always felt like I was kind of like adrift.
2: You weren't where you belonged, and you knew it.
1: Exactly, and I always knew I was like, this just doesn't feel right. And then that that rail car thing that I did, man, I, like, I could have worked there. There's a lot of people that worked there, and they were hard workers, and they they didn't get paid enough for the jobs that they did. You know what I mean? Like it was hard work, and I didn't mind that because I I like staying busy. I like staying physically active. I've always been. I mean, before I was, you know, before I started tattooing, I was into skateboarding. A lot. I skate. That's all I did was just skate all day, every day. And I actually gave that up so I could tattoo, because I knew I didn't want to hurt my wrists anymore. Um, but well,
3: uh,
1: like those every jobs.
3: real skateboarder knows how to fall.
1: Yeah, I guess was, <laughs> I. I guess I <laughs> <that> wasn't real <laughs> enough, was <One> I?
3: here <laughs> <you're a> poser.
1: That <laughs> was a posier. So is it poser or posu posu or posier? la Lapozia. la poiseur. yeah there you
3: go <laughs> In the French
1: pronunciation. yeah yeah but um you know like that job that i had with the rail cars you know what i mean like I, the they were going union you know and there was all kinds of benefits and stuff like that and i was i was not too long it wasn't too far off of high school when i graduated that i had that job and you know, I was doing really well and they're they prospecting me to become like a union member and stuff like that, dude. And I remember just freaking the hell out. I was like, I don't want anything to do with, with that. And all these people around me were telling me like, what's wrong with you? You know, like this is, this is a good job. You could work here. You could ride it out here and you'll have all these benefits and you can retire at a certain age and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it made me panic.
2: Yeah. It's just the idea of a mindless job for the rest of your life the same yeah. exact
3: thing every day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. I mean, and I'm Go ahead.
3: I wouldn't say that any job is particularly mindless because right. there are people that have that job that absolutely love it and are very proud of it and go for right. them. It just isn't the job that makes you particularly happy. Exactly. Well, what I mean by
2: mindless is it's not particularly mentally stimulating to the to you. Yeah. The last job I did before I went—that's it. I'm I'm a tattooer. That's it. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. I was a deli person at a whole like a Costco, BJ's type place. Mm -hmm. And. I just I walked out. I went. I can't do this anymore. I went to HR and said um, I'm leaving, and oh, I never looked wow. back.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? I think I think there's a lot that kind of. Um, I mean, geez, I, I felt like I wasn't even sure what I was doing whenever I did it. Like it's not like I was thinking that I'm, I'm never going to work a job like this ever again. You know what I mean? All I knew is that like my gut was telling me something that I wasn't really in tune with at the time. You know what I mean? And it's, it's been, it's been pretty incredible. And I think that it's crazy that I was thinking about that because like this intention thing that I've been thinking about the past couple days is uh, I, I think it's important for us as artists to kind of sit down every once in a while and maybe even just write out a list of the things that are going on around your life. You know what I mean? The things that are happening day to day. Sometimes we get so caught up in the fact of living that we're, we we do not realize that we are the controllers of our own dreams. You know what I mean? Yes. We are, we're in total control of our own dreams um, and life it doesn't just happen to us even though we might think that shit sucks or things suck sometimes and it's just so hard and nobody gets it. And I feel, I feel down and everything like that. Like we have to remember, cause I've been there recently too. You know what I mean? Like just feeling kind of in a slump for a while. And, um, and it's something that it was hitting me pretty hard. You know what I mean? And I, I re- just woke up one day and I realized like, Oh my God, I, I don't have to feel like this if I don't want to. And I think, um, it definitely helped because I'd been drawing in this sketchbook and stuff like that for a little while. And I started realizing that I was writing in some of the pages along some of the drawings and things like that too, like a diary almost, you know what I mean? And it helped out quite a bit because I started reading it after I was done with it. And um, I had you have to start, we just have to start picking it up. You know, what's our intention today? What's our motivation? What's keeping me going? Is it, is it notoriety from my peers? Is it, what is it that's driving you? What's the driving force? You know what I mean? And I think that if you're finding that it's something about how somebody else might feel about you or think about you, then you might have to recheck that whole, that whole process. Because uh, like with this drawing right now, this isn't for anybody except for just me. And I'm just sharing it right now. You know what I mean? Um mm. Um, It's the only
3: opinion that matters is about you is the one you have of yourself.
1: Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's important to remember that. And like this drawing isn't for anybody else either. It's just for my study, you know, like I I want to, I want to do something fun. I want to do something that is um, invigorating to me and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of it right now. You know what I mean? And I want to be able to hone in on my own skill I want to be able to push myself a little bit farther. And I found myself last night questioning what it was that I was gonna draw and how I was gonna draw it and why I was doing it. So time to start all over again.
3: I have two off, well, one sort of on-topic question, one actual tech question for Zoom because I'm actually struggling with my thing. Okay. Um, I'm using uh, the zoom call on iPad and I can't seem to figure out where the button is to go to gallery view so I can see everybody's thing.
1: Jason,
2: swipe the screen left. I am. I'm not
3: getting anything. Oh. That worked for me. Oh, dang. All right. <coughs> it's probably just my thing. All right. Anyways, Do you well, see uh, participants
2: um, in the upper corner.
4: Yes. And that just opens up the participant panel, right? Yeah. Do you see an icon that's four little squares?
3: No. Where it's normally would say switch to gallery view, it says turn off center stage. What's that? Oh, well. Sorry to interrupt,
2: yeah, something okay. I'll deal
3: with later. Um, my other question was more Just related. Uh, yeah, I was wondering uh, what everybody did before they were tattooing or getting involved in the tattoo industry and what was the thing that made them want to join? Is that an okay question to ask? Absolutely
1: you guys go ahead i'd love to be i'm interested to see where you guys
3: now that we've known some of your history yeah
2: join tattooing or join reinventing
3: Uh, let's start with tattooing yeah for sure cool
1: beans uh what do you think so why don't you tell us about you what got you into it
3: well, no, I asked the question. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Amber, you go.
2: Okay. I worked in spe- with special needs kids, mostly autistic kids and juvenile delinquents for 20 years before I became a tattooer. I got my first, well, my first real apprenticeship that actually lasted a little while while I was still working there. So after that, I became a tattooer. My original plan was because I had finally, my daughter was finally growing up. I didn't really need insurance for her and I and everything she had, everything she needed. And I was going to have a pension and medical benefits. I was going to tattoo part-time for the last five years of my service and then retire from my job. And just be a tattoo artist with medical benefits and a pension. But he downsized the company and got rid of half of us.
1: There you go. That's incredible. And the companies can do that, doesn't it? That's the other thing. That's the other thing that deterred me from working in the in the field or like so to speak, like the private field or whatever. You know what I mean? Is like the fact that companies they don't look at you as a person or what you're really contributing they look at you as a margin you know what i mean yeah, well,
2: the generation before me was like get a good union job it'll it'll yeah. support you it'll and when they were young it did yeah a union job would support a family
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah no thank you i, so, I think so, you know,
2: that's so I the interesting working with the kids
1: oh yeah for sure i bet like that's awesome. What about you, Melissa? Were you always into art and stuff like that? Or what was it? Did you always have a drive for a passion for drawing, for painting?
3: I did. I definitely did. Um, I, uh, My babysitter, my nanny, when I was a little kid, uh, had talked about had, had told me when I was older that when I was a like a wee little kid and everything, I would make art out of literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents verified these stories. Uh, I mm-hmm. definitely would anything like I would carve pictures into flour I spilled on the floor. Uh, it's not super awesome because, like, one-year-old, two-year-old me also made art out of, you know, diaper stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome! What a statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: No, my there's there's hilarious like there's hilarious stories my parents like to tell my friends to try to embarrass me, and I'm just like. I'm not embarrassed. I was an artist <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but uh, think about
4: it like this. Right. In this day and age, you if you had held on to that, you probably could have sold it for a million dollars
3: to any well, given. Yeah, music. there's yeah. somebody out there that would buy um, like a Yeah, <laughs> Poopart. hell yeah. Now, uh, my babysitter used to tell me that I was the and she had been nannying for um, I think 40 years. Uh, She said that I was the youngest kid that she had ever seen make a complete circle. Oh, wow. Um, But uh, yeah, I've always been interested in it. I never wanted to do homework because I believed that I was going to be an artist when I grew up. An artist didn't need to know science or math or history. I just needed to know how to draw. So it was terrible in school. I literally told
2: my mother that. I literally told my mother that as an excuse for why all my grades were C's.
3: Yeah. And then somehow I figured out, uh, well, I didn't figure out. I was told and I believed that you can't really get a career as an artist. And if you go to art school, you'll just end up being a barista. So I kind of didn't really pursue it for a while. And Yeah, had other odd jobs and stuff, mostly under the table. And then, um, yeah, I had a really weird history with apprenticeships because I've had um, three that didn't work out. They're all very unconventional. And then I ended up moving to Oregon, where the laws here are super weird. And it was really... um, a complicated journey and um I guess what ended up actually being the driving force for me to actually take tattooing seriously was uh um losing my bar job um yeah yeah, which was uh a bummer, but like it was a bummer because I lost the job. But it was also kind of nice because I didn't want it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was I had been like working in the kitchen for a long time. And then I, uh, you know, fought like tooth and nail to get to the front of the house to be a bartender. And two weeks into bartending, I was like, put me back in the back of the house. I fucking hate this. People are awful. I don't want to talk to them. They're drunk. They're annoying. (laughs) And uh, so it turns out I hate being a bartender. Uh, And but the thing is, they couldn't put me in the back of the house because they had already filled my position in the back of the house. And I didn't want to be in front of the house anymore. So me and my boss were just kind of just like, let's not do this for a little bit. And I took some time off from that job to pursue tattooing and then i was still on the books as an employee but just never went back because tattooing kind of took off and um yeah there was a lot of other weird jobs in between but basically what got me interested in tattooing was when i was a kid i used to draw all over my arms and my legs and my mom was all like that's so good that you love art and everything i really really hope you don't become one of those tattooed degenerates and all of that Uh, uh, and i was like i didn't know that was an an option thanks mom
1: yeah yeah that's killer thank you
3: (laughs) i used to draw all over my little
2: brothers too and god it made them mad
1: You know, that was another thing for me, too, man. My dad, I remember we, my dad was, was telling me, he's like, well, this is pretty cool. You're doing this thing. He's like, but uh, how long do you plan on doing this? Like, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how long are you going to go get a different job? And stuff like that?" I was like, no, this is it, man. He's like, huh. And that's all he said was, huh. I was like, all right, I'm definitely doing it now.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: See, my mom me.
3: has never been really into it. Uh, she's a, much more accepting now. After I tattooed my face, I think she realized that there's no turning back.
1: That's exactly um, it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. commit like, to I'm the big.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but my dad, my dad was really funny about it because he's always been super supportive of me wanting to do art, anything art related. He's gonna be like, "Yes, get it, girl, get it." And um, I actually went to college for a bit to be a scientist. I went for botany and um, I love plants. I love the science of plants. I love uh, everything they could do and all of that. I hate math, so I wasn't very good at science because science is a lot of math. Um, And he was so bummed when I went to college for science. And I was just like, Dad, this is a promising career. A scientist? Mm. Like, that's awesome. And he's just like, yeah, but don't you want to be an artist? And that's I was just really like, great. which which? I was very honored that my dad wanted to support that so much. But also, I was thinking about, like, how many parents are bummed that their kid wants to be a scientist and are more just like, why don't you pursue this much harder, much more difficult job to make a living off of, you know? But uh, he was right. Mm -hmm. He he was right. I should always be focusing. I also used up all of my uh, Pell Grant on art classes and then realized I had to start paying for college and I didn't want to pay for math. So screw that. Yeah. (laughs) I dropped
1: out. <laughs> That's interesting stuff, man. I know Jason, Jason, you have a pretty good story about your, your uh, introduction to art and to tattooing too. Like when, from where you were to where you are now, you want to share that with us?
4: Yeah. I, so I took a little bit of a different, a um, little bit of a, a different route to becoming uh, a tattoo artist. Um, I, I, always knew since like early high school, like this is everything I wanted to do. This was everything in life. This was everything I geared my life towards since like my sophomore, junior year in high school. But at the same time, I also knew it was going to be really tricky to get into it. Right. So I went through and, you know, much like Medusa worked in restaurants, did every job there, whether I liked it or not, you know, just to make ends meet for a little while while I was in college. Um, and then I got a job working in a basically a computer lab at the university I went to. And um, you know it was one of those like cush jobs where you sit down and you basically just watch people and make sure that they don't steal anything, right? But we kept running into problems and I didn't know how to fix these problems. So I would kind of shadow whatever tech would come over to fix the problems, great. By the time I graduated college with a degree in art, um, which I'm using now, but I didn't use for the past, I don't know how many years, uh, but I ended up landing a full-time information technology job uh, because by the time I left, they had to hire like three people to replace me. You know, you keep moving up and growing your skills and moving up some more and growing your skills some more and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I ended up working in information technology for a number of years, uh, doing online classroom support, uh, pioneering some web conferencing technology, video editing, uh, video production stuff, uh, setting up servers. Basically, I was the Swiss Army guy of like tech support. Um, I like to call myself a professional nerd at that point because I could pretty much do almost anything. Um, yes. But I knew that wasn't where I wanted to be. I knew I, it wasn't satisfying. Every chance I got, I would slack off and play around with the graphics tablets that they had and work on tattoo designs and make digital art. And everything I was doing was geared towards tattooing. Um, you know, every ounce of free time I had was researching tattooing or doing this or pulling up academic articles or you know, working on a new piece of flash or getting a new painting laid out or, you know, whatever. Um, And throughout my college career, while I was still in college, uh, I ended up going through, I figured out a way to get college credits for doing an apprenticeship, which was pretty cool. Um, I I did. um, So where I went to school for a degree in fine art, you could take independent studies Um, you were allowed three independent studies and one work study, as long as you had a professor that was there to support you to sign off on what you were doing, right? And I talked to my painting professor who's super cool. And um, they were like, yeah, you know, there's not really too much here at the university that can really help you out with what you want to do for a living. Um, Maybe an independent study or a work study would be your better bet that will allow you to be around the people that are probably going to benefit you the most with what you really want to do and i was like that yes i'm there What, what do i have to do right um and each one was i think i did two work studies or two independent studies back to back one semester In the next semester during my apprenticeship, I did a work study and an independent study, ironically all at the same location. Basically that way I could figure out a way to spend as much time as I could at the studio I was apprenticing at. Well, lo and behold, after that academic year, right as I was really starting to get into the nitty gritty of like actually learning the application techniques, um, everything was completed you know, as far as my college classes go and my independent study and my work study. And um, the studio then decided that they didn't really need me around. So I was kind of sent off into the world to continue learning. Um, Fortunately, through one of the people that worked at that studio, I was able to pick up a second apprenticeship through another place that was a little bit further away, but Uh, was willing to pick up where the last studio left off. So, um, you know, so by the time I was working full-time being an IT specialist, I did already land a full-time tattooing job, which was awesome. But I also knew that I needed to build my clientele base, right? And I knew that was going to take a while. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't like going hungry. So... I figured out a way to do both jobs uh, for a number of years until I had enough clientele base, you know, basically backlogged that I didn't have to do my day job anymore. Um, So at that point in time, when I knew I could survive off of tattooing alone, that's when I went and I said, okay, you know what? My time has come. Uh, it's time to move on and, you know, start a new chapter in my life. And that's what I did. And got rid of working 80 hours a week, which was just absolutely asinine. I do not recommend it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about burnout? Yeah. yeah that's burnout. Sense. When you literally wake up and you work from, what, what was it? 30, 8 o'clock in the morning until... 10 30 o'clock every night seven days a week yeah yeah that's burnout um you know and but it taught me a lot about what i'm capable of doing so i can't say that there were you know so many different disadvantages it taught me a lot about you know knowing that okay i know i can run off of five hours of sleep every night for weeks on end. i know this
1: yeah yeah
4: I'm not saying it's healthy
1: and it's yeah, not, but, it's
4: possible. but it is possible. And I am capable of doing that. So I know that if I really have to push myself, I know I can. Um, so there were a lot of benefits there, but yeah, I come from a technology background. So I'm very well versed with technology and things like Zoom. I can actually tell you how Zoom got started, which... <laughs> Pretty weird, but not that I think anyone really cares. But um, now you got to so tell it. So Zoom, Zoom's entire design and programming team, at one point in time, worked for a larger company called Cisco. Cisco had a product out called WebEx. Um, WebEx is still available; it's their direct competitor. But from what I gathered the Cisco higher ups were not really trying to push the technology to its fullest extent. They didn't want to go through and make changes to make things better and streamlined and all this stuff. So they decided to like hold off on developing anything new, you know, until they kind of saw some market potential or whatever, but the potential was there. And um, so the design and programming team from Cisco WebEx left. Um and started zoom
2: there you go
1: there you go yeah well so what would you think what do you think about what do you guys think about what you've taken from your other jobs that have been uh, applicable to your current situation like to your to your uh tattooing you know what i mean to the business end of things and things like that like because i think that's the thing that i'm hearing from you jason is that like you did find out a lot about yourself in the process you know what i mean like it a lot of people i hear a lot of artists especially say man if i woulda just stuck with it if i woulda tried harder i would be so much further and stuff like that but it's like you know what everything that you've been doing has led you to the point that you're at right now you know what i mean exactly so it's really hard it's so easy for us to just demean our current state and like and we're looking for growth all the time
3: mm-hmm.
1: and like and the thing of it is is that like the entire time that you're looking for it you're actually in it at the moment you know what I mean? And like, it's it's easy to forget that because it's hard to see it from the outside, you know? But um, I mean, I, I know for me, I'm the same way, Jason. Like I can relate to what you said about that really well because like, I know I can push myself certain ways when I have to or if I want to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a kid that came down from up North a little while ago and we did the uh, tattoo on the inside of his arm, of this Zeus face and stuff like that. And I had done a bigger tattoo earlier in that day but I knew that he can't make it down very often. you know what I mean? So like with his time constraint and things like that, we had to kind of like push the envelope a little bit more him and I both and sit down and really just focus in and get this tattoo done for him. You know what I mean as close yep. to, as, as close to us done for the time being as we can get it. And I told him that I was like, I still want to get back in it. I still want to do other things, but this is where you this is where you're at, this is what you want. Now there's a couple different ways you can handle that, right? You can tell people that that's not the way that you work. But I know for me, without my clientele to a certain point, no, none of us would have be doing anything. We'd be sitting down.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, we'd be sitting around twiddling our thumbs, dude. You know what I mean? Like when I first started the shop, I remember there was weeks, weeks where I wouldn't be doing anything. I'd just be sitting at the shop drawing like, oh, my God, what am I doing? You know, I dove in, like Medusa said, and there were there was times where I was like, um well I guess I can eat some chicken pot pies and stuff for the next few weeks you know what I mean or like some ramen noodles and stuff but
2: but, cheap.
1: yeah so there's this like work part of it that I've I've still stayed accustomed to you know what I mean I've still tuned into that and I know a lot of people will say different things about the work ethic and things like that and like how much the client has hold over like what it is that we do and that that's true to a certain point i, I find it interesting that there's a lot of little gray area for that sometimes you know mm. um, well i think
4: but, it's important to remember that this is a customer service industry right without yeah. our customers without our clients we don't have jobs
1: right exactly we can make
4: art all day all that we want but without the people that we actually service the people that come to us for what we do you know, we don't have an income. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I think it's lost, you know, amongst people that achieve certain levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certain people that develop major egos and there develop what I call the tattitude, you know, they lose yeah. sight of that.
1: Yeah, the tattitude is real.
3: It is, yeah. dude.
1: It's good Bad to say. Tattitude, Bad
3: Attitude,
1: Tattitude, Attitude, that's a whole nother discussion but we might as well brush on that a little bit you know what i mean i think um i think it kind of coincides with what we're talking about right now you know it's it's easy to get swept up in what you do and you think that your answer is right all the time but it's not necessarily the case is it
3: what do you mean i'm not right all the time how (laughs) dare you
1: i know totally no no i think i think oh go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna kind of like just say the same thing basically again but go ahead yeah
4: we have a tendency to think on the same wavelength but i mean yeah. you know it's like you know oh shit now i forgot what i was gonna say
1: the attitude thing is it's a real thing you see it a lot i mean i've right. I've, done, I've traveled around you know and like I don't know about you guys and this might sound bad and everything, but I'm going to go ahead and share my, my feelings on things. Like whenever I'm traveling and if I'm on vacation and stuff like that, I will go into a tattoo shop and definitely check it out. It's not like I'm doing that whole like boss the the hidden boss or whatever the hell it is, but like I go in and check it out. But most of the time I'm trying to stay away from the environment. It's kind of like what you're saying with the drawings and the paintings on your, in your house, Jason, I'm the same way. It's like, I'm getting out to explore and get reinvigorated by other sources of inspiration. You know what I mean? Including relaxation and calming my mind down and turning it off from having to create, you know. But one of the things that I have noticed in a lot of shops, and it's unfortunate, is that um, there is a lot of attitude, you know. When when somebody's walking into the shop and things like that, if nobody's talking to you or they're acting like you shouldn't even be there, dude, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like for yeah. real, it's pretty incredible, and it. it Still shocks me sometimes. So I'm like, dude, come on. It's not like I'm. It's not like you're gonna know me just by seeing me. I mean, maybe now because of the, the YouTube stuff and everything like that. But, um, yeah, you know, you just treat everybody cool. that's no attitude. No,
4: and and there's no need to have that kind of an ego or arrogance behind you. Like, no matter who you are or what skill level you're at, there's someone out there better. You know, oh, yeah, you have to, big time. humble yourself, understand yeah. that if it's not for your clients, if it's not for the people that put their faith in you and your ability, Lord knows what you would be doing, you know? Yeah. So acknowledge that and appreciate that. And I think that's, that to me is where a lot of tatitude comes from, you know, is just that lack of appreciation for the people that we service that may sound completely wrong.
1: But, no, no, I think I get the gist time. of what you're saying
4: Yeah You know, so just have that kind of appreciation And remember that
1: Yeah, for sure, man
4: I'm not um, saying, you know, if they have a bad idea Or if you have a better way of doing things Or, you know, they're coming at things With the wrong perspective or the wrong idea Okay, fine, yeah, obviously enlighten them To what's going on But, you know, otherwise appreciate the fact And appreciate the fact that they want to come to you to get tattooed
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah you don't have i mean people don't have to have tattoos you know what i mean yeah people don't they don't have to have art you know what i'm saying like it doesn't take art to survive it 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 takes art to thrive and help uh, a culture grow you know what i mean but it's not mandatory for your survival you know And I think it's something that we all forget sometimes and some people do. And I, you know, it kind of goes along with the intention thing that I was talking about earlier. And like what I'm saying now is that like, um, even with our peers and, and taking constructive criticism and things like that, like it's good to like with the client, it's good to stay open to the conversation. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. It doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that it's going to fall into the category or the way that the client wants it to look or the, the drawing that they're going to get. You know what I mean? But um, it's good to stay open to the interpretation and the very, at the very least repeat back what they're saying to you. You know what I mean? And then they explain why it's not going to work and have the knowledge and the capability to be able to like sit down and calmly have a conversation about it. But it also goes with your peers and your mentors too. Uh, being open to the conversation being open to an interpretation that your mentor, or your peer might see that you might need, uh, even though you might not agree with it right away, it's good to kind of like be open to that moment of growth. And it's helped me quite a bit this last couple years being on reinventing for sure. I think it's important what? for us to do that.
3: How did you guys get involved with reinventing? Like what was your intro?
4: So I kidnapped Ricardo one day. I saw him standing on the side of a road, and I had a burlap sack in my back seat. And yep. I just kind of real quick jumped out, knocked him over the head, threw him in the sack, and then took off.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, kind of sat him down, you know, with like the spotlight shining in his face. And I looked at him and I said, "We're going to be friends."
1: Yep. And he was like, "Okay." Like you didn't. I even would need never
3: question that origin story. No, I either. believe it one hundred percent.
1: Good because it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. No, uh, I think um, it was right after quarantine. I I think um, I had got an email about the reinventing, uh, going from the book to the app. And at the time, it was it was uh, the platform looked a lot differently at the time um, with the with the uh, mobile app. And um I don't remember. Yeah, and so I saw that you could do zooms and stuff like that. And I'd been hearing a lot of people talking about them because of the quarantine and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump in one day. And I jumped in on Jason's Sunday, Sunday drawing lessons and uh, skill building. And um, it was a moray. Yeah. We were know, talking about
4: the, uh, the golden ratio and the golden spiral and how that has an influence on classical art and architecture. Uh-huh. Um, and the influence of that in great master works and um, that's how we kind of and then ricardo jumped in and when he jumped in he brought up you know the geometric flower of life and how that's uh, a compositional aid and how that works and you can see that reflected in so many different things and we just kind of hit it off from there
1: Yep, bruno was in there too
4: yeah yeah bruno was there uh was the- there
1: yep i don't think Kira was on that one she came a little bit later. She started hopping in with when she, Guy. Yeah, I think she started hopping in when Guy was on, uh, in one of the in one of the courses or something like that.
3: Off-topic question. Yeah. There was a little bit of black ink in my brush when I started painting, so I got a smudge of black right here. Do you guys know how I can fix that?
1: Paint over it.
3: Wait for it to dry yeah. and just layer over it. Try to put yeah. opaques
4: yeah well i mean what so what are you using is that liquid watercolor is it liquid acrylic is it what's your medium
3: high flow liquid acrylic yeah
4: yeah it may take a one or two layers to go over top of that but that should work
3: sweet perfect thank you so much all right back to reinventing origin stories sorry
4: well yeah so then um you know, I got the call from Guy to, like, you know, that I finally was, like, accepted as, like, a client to, like, come out and get tattooed by him. So first thing I did was called Ricardo and was, like, totally fanboying out. I was like, dude, dude, <laughs> dude, 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 guess what? Guess what? Guy said he could tattoo me.
1: Yeah, blew me away. I was
4: like, you want to go? And he was like, yes. <laughs>
1: so I drove
4: out to Illinois, and um, we drove down to Guy's place,
1: and it was awesome that was such yeah. a crazy experience man what a wild time and then this That's guy got awesome. sta- then this dude gets tattooed for two days in a row and i'm like how are you doing this it's all in your it. mind dude it really is
3: i submitted my uh, um consultation request form thing for guy while at gemini peak And if he reaches out to me and if all that works out, I want to make an endeavor out of it because I'll be coming in from the West Coast. So while I'm on the East Coast, well, if I get the chance to get tattooed by him, I definitely want to make some plans to hang out with you guys, too.
1: Yeah, for sure, man.
3: Come on. I I also asked for him to tattoo my throat. So I'll probably need some support if it, if it works out.
4: Well, I mean, if, if we can work it out, like if, if things work out with that for you and I can get a hold of him and I can reach out to him, maybe we can do like, it's a long shot, but you never know. Maybe I can go out and get my next session done and then you can do your throat. Ricardo's arm's already finished. But, yeah. you know, maybe maybe we can do something like that where, you know, I get a session done and you get your throat done. And um, then we have a tattoo recovery
3: like work... slumber party.
4: Yeah, he does <laughs> like to work in multiple sessions, though. So just be forewarned, it's probably going to take more than one trip.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, might as well, like... I don't know, what I'm trying to do, because I'm starting to get interested in uh, traveling to collect more serious work. Like I'm talking to uh, Ty McOwen about getting some work done too, trying to figure out when to do that. He works at the same shop that I uh, guest spotted at uh, this last summer. So what I wanna try to do is uh, combine a guest spot with my um, tattoo trip so that uh, I can at least uh, make some money while I'm out spending money. And I kind of like that idea to do that with more uh, traveling and tattooing and stuff. So if I were to go out there to, the, uh, to get tattooed by a guy, I'd probably want to throw in like an extra weekend to tattoo out there as well somewhere.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good that plan. Way.
3: You know, try to get as much out of uh, a trip across the states as possible. If I'm traveling, I might as well, you know, make the most out of it. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Yeah, a buddy of mine does that same thing. He, he travels all over the place. I don't. I don't think he's worked at a single shop for years, and all he does is travel around and tattoo. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you're traveling to get a tattoo, you might as well travel to tattoo if you can make it happen. Try to, you know, spend some money and make some money.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the coolest things about um, getting back out there after quarantine and stuff like that was seeing, I know this sounds so silly, but like seeing how people set up, you know I mean? Just the setup process that people have, you know what I mean? Like it kind of uh, opened my eyes to a lot of different ways of doing things a little bit more... um, I don't know. Uh, Methodically, not methodically, but like um, conventional or not conventional. What's the word that I'm looking for, guys? Like easier. Efficient. And then more efficient. There you go. That's efficiency. Yeah. Like my brain, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, especially with Jason, Jason has a pretty good way of setting up. I know when we worked on a back piece together, it was uh, fun to work in a station.
2: Like an extremely efficient person. Oh, for sure. I Uh, envy that in him.
4: I I have to be I don't have a choice I I have too many things going on in my life so Mm. (laughs) I have to work at maximum efficiency at all times maximum efficiency
3: I can't wait to tattoo side by side with you Jason I'm so excited to see you like in in process in the mode like to watch how you work (laughs)
4: Yeah, I've got a very um, unique way of working at shows. I'm kind of difficult to be around sometimes. Um, Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. (laughs) You're remarkably
2: self-aware.
4: I I am. I very much am self-aware. I know these things about myself from doing a lot of just like self-reflection, especially after an event. Sometimes I'll take a day or two and I'll just like step back and I'll evaluate like what went well this weekend, what didn't go well this weekend, what was I happy with, what was I not happy with, you know, what was some of the feedback that I got from some of the people that I've been around, you know, what could I do better, what what could I improve upon, um, you know, what can I do to streamline the process for next year, what worked well and what didn't work well, you know. So I, I always go through and always do like a little self-critique uh, after a major weekend or a major event and, um, you know, just try to hem it down and streamline it down and, uh, you know, just see what works and what doesn't and then pass that knowledge on to other people.
1: So. Well, either way, man, it was awesome. I didn't think that you're difficult to be around at all.
4: Really? Cause I kept hitting on you the whole time.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness no you're awesome you're you're it, and like jason travels with everything too like if uh it, he's always got it all in his like I it's, it's wild i man. always
4: try to bring a couple extras of everything
2: it's better yeah. to have too much than not enough
4: well i always end up sharing with everyone that i'm around i'm like oh man you you still use that that cartridge company here try some of these out these are great and I'll break off like a couple of fifteen mags, and you know, hand them a couple of fifteen mags or like some nine liners or whatever. Um, they hand know, out ID
2: like, like that.
4: It, it comes out sometimes to the point that like there was a situation with one artist during the last Puerto Rico show, whose all of his stuff got stuck in customs.
2: Oh man, the I dude
4: had about nothing that. but his machines. He was borrowing everything off of everyone all weekend long because he literally had nothing.
3: That sucks. And it sucks yeah. to uh, be in that situation. Yeah. yeah.
4: But me being me and the overprepared overpacker that I am, I was like, dude. And I kicked my box over. I'm like, help yourself. Take whatever you want. Whatever you need, it's yours. Just grab it. Right. Um, and we became like super cool friends. And now we're talking about working some shows together. And he's not from the US. He's actually from Scotland. Um, So, and I mean, this dude is a giant among (laughs) human beings.
1: Like, physically,
4: very imposing. But when you talk to him, he's the nicest dude you will ever meet.
1: Pretty awesome, isn't it?
4: Yeah. But that's part of the reason why I always overpack, because I know someone somewhere is going to run out of something. And if I can make a new friend by being like, oh, I've got extra here, help yourself. Um, Even when it comes down to like running stencils. Right. Um, There was a situation at a different convention a couple of years ago where the convention um, promoter and company that was running the show didn't have a stencil machine. They didn't have a stencil area set up for artists. So, you know, me being me, I had my little pocket jet stencil printer with me. And um, I ended up running off stencils for like, you know, eight or nine different people that had to tattoo that weekend. So it it really worked out well. Uh, Made a couple of new friends that way, helped a few people out. But that's to me, that's all part of being a tattooer you know, is being there and helping out other artists if things go wrong.
1: Like the community base. Exactly. Mm
2: -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. The more we support each other, the more great art gets out there.
1: What's the entire premise behind Guy Addison's Reinventing the Tattoo, right? Like sharing with the community what you've learned and being inspired by what they bring back after they've absorbed what it is that you're sharing. It's pretty incredible. Hell I just, yeah! I think I just said that, right? Yes.
3: Yes, you did.
1: Okay, cool. okay, you said
3: cool. it out loud. We heard you. <laughs> <laughs> <are> you didn't <laughs> just think
1: it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, like what? On that note, what? though, guys,
4: I have to run. Thank you very much, everyone, for allowing me to be a part of this. I really appreciate it. Um, take care. And uh, hope everyone has a great day. And maybe I'll see you guys on Sunday.
1: Okay, Jason, thanks for joining, man.
3: See you, Jason. See you, Jason. Anytime,
1: guys. Take care.
3: Take care. Bye.
1: I think I might follow suit, guys. Um, I have a client coming in here pretty soon that I've got to get back to the shop for. I'm at my house right now, but um, I'll just share this real quick. You guys can take a look. This is the furthest that we got today. Um, it's fun. It's fun learning about these muted tones and stuff like that, the way they stand out against brighter, uh, lighter, more muted tones and things like that with the contrast of the silhouette and everything like that. I'm going to go. Holy
3: shit. I wasn't even looking at that. You got so far.
1: Thanks. I appreciate
3: that. Holy fuck. That's a beautiful. Shut the front door.
1: (laughs) It's fun. Get Get
3: out of here. I
2: almost don't want to share mine now.
3: Well,
1: let's share it. We got to share it. Let me let me stop screen sharing here real quick and see if we can check out what you guys have. Hold on one second. Um, wait, where did I go? There we go. Okay, stop screen sharing. There we go. All right. So let's see what you guys have. Let's pull you up.
2: All right, who's going first? You, yeah. Amber. Yeah. Okay. It's a t- tattoo concept I'm working on. I'm currently painting. But I gotta lift up my whole easel
3: so you can see it. I like it. Make Thank some you. more noise so that your screen is back up. Here we go. Okay. There go. okay.
2: Nice. Keeping the colors in now.
1: Yeah, it's pretty neat. Where where is the it's a tattoo concept? Where are you thinking about putting the tattoo?
0: Yeah.
2: Um it's probably it's just a smaller version of what i want to tattoo it. you are probably. amber you're on right now show us again it would probably be more like a back piece because i would render it larger
1: mm-hmm. okay that's killer
2: thank you i like
1: i like the concept of you have like all the elements and things like that is that what's going on with
2: it yeah it's all five elements the center is spirit And then Mm -hmm. it's earth, air, fire, and water in the directions they belong in. The north, south, east, and west.
1: Very cool. Do you plan on putting any background with it or is it going to be just the main main subject matter?
2: That's what I still don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I figure if I render the rest of it, I'll figure it out.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, definitely want to render it out before you get it ready for the stencil and everything like that, though. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, the detail in it looks pretty cool. You know what I mean? I like the colors and stuff that you have going on. The eyeball is pretty neat. I like the way you have the triangle in the center of it. Thank um Yep. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool looking.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. Medusa, what do you got going on? Let's let's see if we can get you spotlight. Spot lit. There you spot- go.
3: Spotlighter. I uh, just did an attempt at a chrome Scorpio boy.
1: Yeah, Um, I
3: had black on my paintbrush when I did some of this red background. So I'm waiting for that to dry to do another coat over that and I definitely went out of the line. So I'm going to be taking my uh, graphic one size micron and giving it a thicker outline Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to
3: uh, put in that uh the paint um you know border it more and then i'm gonna go over and give it some white shine and highlights with a white paint pen uh it's part of a flashy but i haven't made a flashy in a very long time so i (laughs) look
1: at that fish with the butterfly wings It's awesome
3: i love the butterfly fish everybody really likes that one i love this one oh that is awesome yeah Yeah. and the cowboy scuba man (laughs) um i'm hoping to add a chrome element to everything because like i said on um uh let's talk about feelings yesterday with uh dusty pit stick because robbie robbie was celebrating his fourth birthday um i'm sorry i missed it i was tattooing uh it's It's good. You're tattooing. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but uh, uh, like I said then, um, well, I forgot what I said then. I just got distracted. So never (laughs) mind.
1: The chrome. You're talking about the chrome.
3: Oh, yeah. I want to fucking chrome everything. I'm on a chrome thing. I'm on a chrome thing right now. And before we go, I'd like to show you the other chrome things I started that I didn't finish. Let's check it out. There's my Chrome Goldfish. Wait, I'm trying to find the camera.
1: Yeah.
3: That I didn't finish. And this Chrome Samurai. Holy shit. That I didn't finish. Bling. And um, these are color pencil stuff. And here's the skull face in color pencil that I didn't finish.
1: Nice, dude. Um, Wow.
3: I love my uh, book full of unfinished nothing is finished my picture of wang odd that i didn't finish that's awesome that's a great portrait yeah so there's a tour of my um works in progress that will remain so for probably the next five years because that's about how long it takes me to circle back around and finish something Mm. (laughs)
1: I'm the same way, man. I just like kind of lose interest after a while. I'm like, okay, I'm done.
3: (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. that was super fun, but I have another idea, and I need to start it yesterday. I have to wait for inspiration to move me on this one again.
1: Yeah, you have to wait for the wind to catch you right, right? Yeah. The
2: The planets rose the right way that day for you to work on this one.
1: Yeah, totally. There's hell, um, yeah. I do dig that that scorpion medusa i think if you put the thicker outline on it it'll, it'll help it out a lot anyway you know definitely what I, mean? I think it'll
3: make it pop yeah. against that yeah. red yeah i'll text you a picture i'll text you guys a picture when i uh, finish it i should actually be done with the white highlights and the outline within the next hour or so and, um yeah so
1: rock and roll well medusa since we're talking to you right now why don't you give us a shout out so us how to get a hold of you
3: hi I am Medusa and you can find me at Medusa Slays with three S's at the end, at the end, not in the middle, not in the beginning, at the end, Medusa Slays <laughs> um, or MedusaSlays.com. And at that point, it's just MedusaSlays.com. Sweet. I'm in well, Portland, Oregon. List.
1: There you go. There you go. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, Medusa. I appreciate the conversation. It's always good to see your work and stuff like that. So keep it coming.
3: Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, dude. Heck yeah. Yeah, really.
1: Amber, you want to give us a shout out?
3: Sure. I'm Amber Morgan out of Mays
2: Landing, New Jersey. And as always, thank you for hosting Tuesday Feels. I love having a place to be able to talk about art and feelings all at the same time because they're so connected. Absolutely. And You're welcome. you can find me on all platforms under Amber Morgan.
1: Perfect. That's easy enough, right? Yes. Yeah. I
2: streamlined it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's the best way to do it. Especially in today's busy, crazy world, right? Yes. Well, guys, thank you again for joining on Tuesday mornings. And uh, I know it's different time zones for all of us. I know Medusa's way out there on the West coast where it's early, early, early still. So thank you so much um and to all the future listeners and stuff like that playing back on youtube or whatever streaming you're using on you're using it on watching it on whatever whatever platform you're using uh hope you guys all have a good day and peace we'll see you next week take
2: care